Hi, I'm Amanda. I'm Tina, and it is what it is. everybody it's me amanda um coming at you with another solo episode i am sorry that the episodes have been so inconsistent lately and i'm going to spend a minute talking about why that is um i want to start by saying that you will be hearing a whole lot more from me and not as much from tina um at least for the next little while um this has been a big year for both of us we have been navigating some big things, both together or kind of simultaneously uh, and also individually. And I don't want to speak for her, but based on the conversations we've had, I think that her work has required more of her than she was anticipating. And because of that, she hasn't had much time for herself. Um, Definitely not as much time for herself as she would like. And so in an effort to prioritize her mental health and prioritize her self-care and doing the things that uh, light her up, recharge her battery, I guess you could say, um, she's not going to be as active with the podcast as she was before, at least for a little while. Um, And I support her in this 100%. Don't worry, though. She will be back. Uh, There will be episodes where she will... Join me again here and there, singing her songs, quoting her Spongebob, um, bringing her unique Tina light to the podcast that only Tina could bring. Uh, As for me, I've been in a weird space these past several months. Uh, I think the best way to describe it is that I've been in hermit mode, um, very much withdrawn from the outside world and very tuned into the world inside of me. Uh, I'm going to talk about this for this a little bit later, but before that, I want to say that I was reminded today why it is that I started this podcast in the first place or why I wanted to, why I approached Sheena with it. I was listening to the Intuitive Psychologist podcast, and if you aren't familiar, uh, this is the podcast hosted by uh, Lindsay Pandia, at least I think that's how you pronounce her name, and I highly recommend it. Um, She apparently went through, maybe still a little bit is going through a similar phase to what I have been going through, definitely withdrawn. She released a podcast this episode for the first time in like eight months. She, um, she hasn't been really active on social media. And in this episode that she released that just came out that I was listening to, she was talking about what she was going through during this time. You know, what, what led her to stop putting out new content for a while and engaging with people on social media are really um, outside of her immediate circle at all. And as I was listening, I was noticing some similar themes between her experiences and mine, but 
I was also reminded of the power of storytelling, which is one of the main reasons why I wanted to start this podcast. We, we think our stories don't matter, but they do. We think vulnerability is equal to weakness, but vulnerability, excuse me, vulnerability is actually a superpower. You can share information, define concepts, shares tools and exercises, and all of that is good, totally valid, totally necessary, but there's just something about storytelling that takes things to the next level. Um, hearing people share their story and their voice, their experience, um, it's just really powerful. And if you recall from the first episode, I was listening to um, an episode of Project Healing, listening to Jenna Krasinski share her story, which led me to want to start this podcast in the first place. So despite my own desire to withdraw over the past few months, I have felt very called to show up on this platform more, even though that hasn't, isn't what's been happening. Um, but I've just been very called to show up in this way, authentically, vulnerably, share my story in my voice. I have, I have a lot of things I want to talk about. A lot of people that I want to bring on as guests and talk to, and with all of that being said, here I am. I intend to put out new episodes as often as possible, uh, mostly, again, with me, just by myself or with a guest, um, and occasionally some episodes with some Tina sprinkled in. And it's my hope to put out a new episode at least once a week. So this morning, I signed the paperwork that will finalize my divorce, and it should be finalized in about a week. To So to honor this major transition and this end of a significant chapter of my life, I wanted to talk about this, I guess, this great lesson that has come out of this experience of being married and divorced and this, the relationship as a whole. Um, just one of the greatest gifts I've ever received and one of the most dis- difficult aspects of my healing journey. Um So I would like to formally announce on this platform to the universe for all of you to hear, for me to hear out loud, that today is officially the last day that I'm going to seek home outside of myself. And this is something that I've been working on, um, you know, for a while. But I, yeah, this is the last day that I'm going to seek home outside of myself. I'm going to... I know that everything that I need, I already have. It's already inside of me. Um, Anything that I need to figure out, I can figure out. That's something I'm working on in therapy too. My my belief in my my capabilities. But anyway, all of that to say that today I'm going to talk about codependency and anxious attachment, which are separate but similar very much related um, concepts. So how I came to realize just how codependent I was, uh, not just in my marriage, but in my life in general, and what that's looked like for me um, in the past and how I have been working to heal that. Um, And before I do that, I want to keep with the same traditions that Tina and I started and pull from warrior goddess wisdom. Let's see.
All right. When you say yes to the isness of life, when you accept this moment as it is, you can feel a sense of spaciousness within you that is deeply peaceful. And that's a quote from Eckhart Tolle. So much of our lives is spent planning for the future and thinking about the past. Yet neither of those states is. Only one thing is happening right now, the present moment. And while the present moment may feel too small or too fleeting to commit to, saying yes to what brings us as much space and time as we will ever need, for the present is always available, never-ending, continually unfolding. So say yes to this moment. Go even further by saying yes to yourself exactly as you are. It takes practice to say yes to life and a willingness to let go of the notion that you must change in some way to find peace. Go towards the peace now and open the space of yes. And the action for the day is start small. What can you say yes to today that you might normally try to fix or resist? And I think this is just perfect because here I am, you know, I, I, I surprisingly, um, was okay this morning after signing that paperwork. And I think part of the reason for that is that I read it a couple times, um, before I actually signed it. Uh, I've done a lot of grieving, a lot of processing, um, I knew this was coming. I had this appointment scheduled to go do this for a couple weeks. Um, so yeah, I don't. I, I left some space between signing the paperwork and going to work just in case. Uh, but I went and got myself some Chick Fil A breakfast, and I was feeling pretty good. So, um, all right. What is codependency and anxious attachment? And this is going to be like more so codependency. I'm not going to get like really get into anxious attachment style and the definition of that. And, um, but typically, at least in my experience and, and what I've observed and, and read about, um, anxious attachment and codependency pretty much go hand in hand. They're, they're BFFs. Um, so what are they? Uh, and this is my own definition and understanding, but for me, codependency and anxious attachment, has been rooted in a deep fear of abandonment as well as a lack of self-love and self-awareness. And this behavior uh, has also been tied to a lack of self-worth. Um, being codependent and anxiously attached causes you to seek your identity, seek your purpose, your home within the context of your relationships, romantic or otherwise. And this this episode is going to focus primarily on romantic relationships, um, but I will probably do another one that talks about code, codependency and anxious attachment and like trauma bonding and things like that in the context of other kinds of relationships. But anyway, um, when you are codependent slash anxiously attached, you prioritize the needs and desires of others over your own. You say yes when you want to say no. Say no when you want to say yes. You overextend yourself and you do whatever it takes to make the other person happy. You take on their emotions. You make their problems your problems. You try to fix these problems even if nobody asks you to. Um, and if you're anything like me, you may become completely detached from your own needs and desires. Totally unable to communicate them. And you probably aren't aware that this behavior is sort of a desperate attempt to get your needs met, especially your emotional needs. You are seeking love, 
seeking safety and security. And your way of doing that is by taking care of everyone else or in this context, especially your, your partner, you put them first. Um, subconsciously you believe that if you take care of them, take care of everyone, if you, if you are who they need you to be or who they want you to be, then they'll love you and they'll appreciate you. But I have found that this is not how that works. And ultimately this leaves you feeling worthless, rejected, and full of resentment because your efforts, all this work and time and effort that you're putting into these relationships is not being acknowledged. Um, I've come to the realization over the last year that I have been very unconsciously playing whatever role I needed to play to keep people. Um, I've probably been doing this for most of my life. Uh, I have picked up on how how to receive love and affection and appreciation, um, acknowledgement, whatever. And at some point I picked that up and fucking ran with it. And sort of the, the how and the why and the, the root causes of this behavior is a, is a conversation for another day. Um, I want to, I really want to spend this episode talking about what this has looked like for me and how I have gone about healing it. Um, The first step to healing codependency, anxious attachment, or really healing anything is awareness. Um, Simply being aware that it's even an issue issue for you is the first step. Uh, Like my therapist says, just noticing or good noticing when I talk about all the noticing that I'm doing. Um, And when I say simply, I don't mean that this is simple or easy to do. Uh, It is not. If you're stuck on this, the awareness part... Um, Go back and listen to episode 16, where Tina and I talk about shadow work. And uh, in that episode, I go through a process to help you begin observing your own behaviors, patterns, reactions, so on. Um, So you start there, being aware. The next step, which is really an ongoing step, is forgiving yourself. Um, Forgiving yourself for what you did when you didn't know anything differently. And I... at first, I wanted to say when you didn't know any better, but I'm, I'm really trying to get away from this dichotomy of good and bad. Um, things just are. We, we assign meaning to them. So, um, you know, instead of when you didn't know any better, when you, when you didn't know differently, when you didn't have, when you didn't have all the information that you have now. Forgive yourself for the decisions that you made when you were still operating from that unconscious place. And this is not easy either. And like I said, it's an ongoing process. Like as as these things come up and as you peel back the different layers of this for yourself, you will be met with opportunities as well as different versions of yourself that are in need of your forgiveness. Um, the next step, which is also an ongoing step, is to make a different choice when you're triggered. Um, I was in a webinar the other day that was presented by Matt Kama. Uh, he's a life coach, pretty popular on, um, TikTok, Instagram. And he said something to the effect of, you want to minimize the time between a conscious response and an unconscious reaction. And I think, I think 
like I get, I get it, but I think a better way to say this is to create space between the conscious response and an unconscious reaction. So a personal example of this, um, as someone who is healing codependency and anxious attachment is when your partner is taking longer than usual or longer than you would like to answer a text message. And the conscious reaction is the anxiety that comes with that. Um, you're aware of that. You feel that the tightness in your chest, the panic sort of starting to build. Um, but underneath of that, you go into autopilot. Where are they? Who are they with? Did they get into a car accident and die? And so before you get on this emotional roller coaster of hypothetical situations, um, breathe. Breathe again. Breathe again. Keep breathing deeper and deeper. Long, deep breaths to create this pause before you really start to panic. Uh, and maybe you've already started panicking, but you're reducing the level of panic as you breathe. Remind yourself that you are safe, that regardless of the reason this person has not responded to you, you are and you will be okay. Um, and when this would happen in, in, my, in my marriage, I would literally sit and wait for my husband to either respond to me or come home. Um, there would be times where I would psycho call him, not proud of that. Um, but I, I, I couldn't do anything. I was just frozen. I, could, I couldn't even watch TV. Um, I would just, I would be frozen in place, but internally freaking the fuck out. And this is just one example, but basically you are noticing what your initial response is to a certain trigger. And rather than reacting in an unconscious and automatic way, you breathe, take a moment in between and hopefully choose to react in a different way. And I, I want to add here too, that you're not always going to choose to react a different way. Um, another example of something that I'm dealing with is noticing when I am feeling emotional, triggered, whatever, I want to eat. And sometimes I'm able to take that pause. And um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a panicky feeling that that's taking place when that happens. But I am able to create some space between that emotional discomfort Notice that desire to eat. Ask myself, are you really hungry or are you just trying not to feel whatever it is you're feeling right now? And sometimes I am able to notice it and stop it. Maybe do something more uh, helpful to me. But sometimes I don't. Sometimes I straight up know exactly what it is I'm doing. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to eat instead. And I want to tell you that both of those things are okay. Um, if you choose to go back to the old behavior, don't beat yourself up about it. The, the, the most important thing there is that you noticed it. You are aware of it. Even if you chose to do the old thing, fell back into the old way, you are aware of it. And that, that, is, that is huge in and of itself. Um, so within the context of my marriage, I don't think that I was really able to start objectively looking at my behavior, this behavior until I was out of that dynamic. Um, and it was sort of like watching it all over again, like 
like a movie almost uh and like in not like a whole movie all at once but little bits and pieces where I would you know in my mind go back and revisit different memories and and wonder um what was real what did I imagine who he really was as opposed to who I hoped he would be what actually happened um I was persistently anxious in my marriage. I was always trying to gauge his mood. If he was having a good day, we were having a good day. If he was having a bad day, we were having a bad day. And whether or not I had anything to do with the mood that he was in, I always felt like I caused it. And I felt like I was responsible for fixing it, that it was my job to fix it. I, I spent money we didn't have trying to maintain a lifestyle that kept him happy. I believed my job was to make and keep him happy. Did he now? Did he tell me that any of this was my responsibility? No, he did not. But we created this dynamic together that worked for us for like a long time, <laughs> five years. He would withdraw. I would chase, try to fix, try to be whatever he I, I needed to be. Um. He cheated on me the entire time we were together. Uh, I would read messages on his phone where he would tell other women that he wished that he had someone to come home to, that he wished uh, he had someone who cared about him and loved him, and he he didn't know what that felt like. I think that I think that part was true, uh, because he wouldn't let himself feel it. But anyway, I digress. I would I would get messages from. Other women telling me that they were talking to him. They didn't realize that he was in her, a relationship, thought it was sketchy that he didn't have any social media. And ultimately, because um, women are almost unof- exclusively unofficially a part of the FBI, we find shit out. They would find him and then they would find me. Um, I remember reading those messages thinking, why am I not enough? What was he getting from them that he wasn't getting from me? I did his laundry. I cooked his meals. I kept the house clean. I was always willing to have sex. I was loving, supportive, encouraging. Um, about a year after, or a year before, rather, that we got married, he lost his job. And at some point during that time, he was cheating again. I remember just being so angry when I found out. Um, he had spent months sitting on the couch refusing to go look for a job. I was going further into debt, trying to keep us going. I was sending him jobs that he wouldn't apply for. And when that didn't work, I would apply for him. I begged him to talk to me, to tell me what was going on in his head, tried to make him feel better, tried to give him space. Like, I, you know, I didn't know what to do. And all the while he was seeking comfort and validation from somebody else. And I'll never forget messaging the girl he slept with that time before I knew he actually slept with her asking her to please stop talking to him, that we wanted to work things out. And she said, he's all yours, but you might want to wash the sheets in your guest bedroom. And when I confronted him about this, this time, other times, wouldn't speak to me, wouldn't look at me. Like, fuck. I, like, I did not realize just how toxic and unhealthy my marriage was until I was out of it. And this dynamic, this behavior was not limited to my marriage. I was cheated on by pretty much every man I've ever been with, except for two. And those two 
as much as I hate to admit this, I told them that I loved them and I don't think that I did. Uh, I think I just didn't want to lose them. My boyfriend in college told me after we broke up that he cheated on me more times than he could count with more people than he could count. So that's cool. Um, you know, this, the, just this dynamic played out, out over and over and over again until this one, until I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't allow myself to be treated this way anymore. I couldn't allow me to treat my, myself this way anymore. Um, leaving him was quite possibly one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And wasn't expecting to get emotional, but I couldn't do it until I was ready. Like it didn't matter what anybody told me. Um, I had to get there myself and, um, you know, despite everything I just shared with you. And that was, that was really just very brief overview. There was much more than that, but you know, I, there will always be love in my heart for him. Um, there were some genuinely happy memories, but mostly I created this fantasy version of him in my head. Um, you know, I, I believed that if I just did more, loved him more, gave him more, that maybe he would change. Maybe he would become who I thought he could be. Or, you know, like, you know, like I thought that maybe like he, who he really was, like it was in there somewhere and, and maybe I could just tap into it. And here's the point of this whole episode. Are you ready? You ready? I now know that none of his behavior ever had anything to do with me. I've said it before on this podcast. No one, no one, no one's behavior has anything to do with you. Um, it was never because of something I did or didn't do. And there wasn't ever anything I could do to change it. No amount of love, money, support, vacations, gifts, whatever. None of that was going to, I was not going to change his behavior. And and his inability to change his behavior had, had nothing to do with my inherent value, my worth. Um, he had to change his behavior. He hasn't. <laughs> Don't know if he ever will. I hope I hope he does. Uh, but I had to change my behavior too. I couldn't, I could not exist in this dynamic anymore. Um, and I hadn't, when I left, I had not really at all started to grasp my worth. Uh, just enough to leave, I suppose. But um you know, I'm, I'm in a completely different place almost a year later. Um, but you know, there, I believe that there are relationships and marriages that survive infidelity. I think it's possible to make it work. Um, sadly, it just wasn't possible for us. And with all of that being said, uh, I've done a lot of work to make sure that I never find myself in this dynamic again. Um, the biggest piece of this work has been loving myself 
taking care of myself, validating myself and my emotions. A lot of inner child work, which is an episode I'm going to do at some point soon as well. It's a whole conversation for another day. But my new sort of mantra for dating is, are you choosing this or are you wanting to be chosen? And I'm off the apps right now, not actively looking. But when I was, I would stop and check in with myself a lot. Um, Like an example of this, you know, old me would pretend to like the same things as the guy I was talking to. Like I would Google things and try to maintain the conversation and like, you know, I, I would pretend to be something that I wasn't to get this person to like me. And in that situation, I was not choosing. I was wanting to be chosen. And I have realized that if I have to abandon myself in any way, even something as small as that, it's not a dynamic that I want to be in. Um, this concept of self-abandonment in this way um, is something I'll get into a little bit more in, in the, I guess, part two to this episode where I'll talk more about other kinds of relationships besides um, romantic ones. But, you know, it's, it's definitely very much present in the dating process. And I, I've just had to take a break from it because I, I'm honestly, how do I say this without sounding like a bitch? I, <laughs> I am tired of engaging in exchanges where people are not matching my energy like if you message if your first message to me is hey nah like say more if your profile says if you want to know just ask swipe left if if you haven't filled out your profile like if you can't take the time to fill out a dating profile swipe left um, this is a bit of a tangent, but I, I, to bring it back, <laughs> I'm not going to pretend to be someone that I am not. I'm going, I'm not going to pretend to like shit that I don't like just to get someone to like me. I'm not going to agree to do something that I don't want to do just so that people will like me specifically a part, a potential partner. I'm not going to... I don't want to say I'm not like, going to completely sacrifice any time. I think there's compromise needed for a healthy relationship. But like in in my marriage, I, I had no concept of me. <laughs> his friends were my friends. For the most part, his hobbies were my hobbies. I, anytime that I, I've mentioned this before, anytime that I was doing anything that was fun for me. I was behind a closed door or I did it when he wasn't home or, you know, like, I can't do that anymore. Uh, I need, uh, yeah, I need not that. (laughs) This is a, this is turning into a online dating conversation that could possibly be another episode, but I want, I want you to know this. I want you to know that healing is possible for you. It is not easy. Most of the time, it's actually really hard. It requires you to do things you've never done before. 
requires you to admit things to yourself that you've never admitted to yourself before. Um, and I'm not trying to like scare you off or whatever. Like, what's the saying? Good things are worth fighting for. Like, good thing. What's the fucking saying? Anyway, it is hard, but it is worth it. And sometimes it's not hard. Sometimes it can be fun. Even I'll go, I'll go that far. That healing can be fun sometimes. But if you are in a codependent relationship, if you are starting to wonder if that is, if that is what you really want, good. That is the awareness that I was referring to. Take your time. Don't have to do anything until you're ready. There is no rush. Uh, if, if, you know, I don't know if, if you're familiar with human design at all, but, um, Part of my human design is apparently that I have to learn lessons the hard way. I cannot watch other people fuck up their life and be like, ooh, that doesn't look fun. I'm not going to do that. I have to fuck things up and be like, oh, I get it. (laughs) So I have to experience things. Um, Maybe you're like that too. But in situations like this, I feel like most of the time it doesn't matter what anybody says to you. Uh, what anybody offers you. Um, You know, I lost relationships, friendships over, you know, over the, over my marriage, over other relationships that I was in. Uh, And I I wasn't going to be able to leave or do this until I was ready. So take your time, be easy with yourself. This is not an overnight change. I am still You know, I'm in a much different place, but I am still going through it. Um, So, yeah, on that note, I want to pull cards, but I also want to bring it back to that quote from the beginning. And the action. So I'm going to repeat it. When you say yes to the isness of life, when you accept this moment as it is, you can feel a sense of space, spaciousness within you that is deeply peaceful. Start small. What can you say yes to today that you might normally try to fix or resist? And maybe you would normally resist healing. Acknowledging those patterns, behaviors, trying to do something different. Maybe shake it up a little bit. Try something new. Um, all right, let's do some cards. I'm going to pull from the Moonology deck because today is the full moon. Um, I don't know how everybody survived, uh, Mercury being in Gatorade, but it was rough for me. Uh, I kept scrolling through my Instagram feed and seeing shit about how this, you know, your things are going to come up for you and, like old stuff, like really old stuff. And I'm like, okay, if it could stop coming up, that would be really cool. And then on the heel of it is uh, this full moon in Aries. I am an Aries. Um, I can definitely feel like a positive shift. And uh, I I have some full moon shit planned after this, but uh, tapping into this energy, apparently this moon, I, I don't, I don't know enough about it to truly speak about it, but just from what I've seen from interacting on social media, this is apparently 
it, this is a big shift that is happening. Um, planets going direct and such, but this is also an especially good moon for releasing, you know, releasing under the full moon is, is typically what you do, but this one just had like, just packs a different punch and it's got that fiery warrior Phoenix rising from the ashes, ready to leave this bullshit behind kind of vibe to it. And I'm, I'm here for it. And, uh, you know, I want to add to that you you can do your whole phoenix thing you can rise from those ashes um and it is totally okay if if you fall back sometimes i was trying to figure out an eloquent um poetic way to relate that back to the phoenix but either way like you you can push off from energy like this you can have your new beginning that bad bitch energy ready to go ready to leave the stuff behind goodbye everything that no longer serves me and all that stuff but there is there is no final destination for this and instead of allowing that to feel like oh my god i'm never going to get to the finish line just sounds so cheesy but just like embrace the journey like you're not trying to get anywhere. You're just trying to gather information for yourself, gather information about yourself, know yourself, love yourself, understand yourself. And there's no, there's no end point. Um, you just keep going and learning new things. Um, you know, peeling back the layers of that onion, like the ogre that you are. Uh, and I mean that in, in the most loving way. Um, all right. Anyway, back to these moon cards. Cause I have had some, a couple sips of wine and because I am almost 30, that means I'm getting sleepy and chatty at the same time. So let's just, uh, let's just get some card ASMR and let's see, I am going to. Uh, I'm going to pull two cards and you can pick a number if you want, or you can just listen and see what resonates for you. Um, see what message might be for you. And this, this is within the context of codependency, anxious attachment, relationships, endings, new beginnings, all that, all that good stuff. So let's just see two cards and whatever's meant for you. Trust your intuition. Decide that for yourself. Can I, can we get some? All right. I'm here. I'm telling, they're telling me pick one, pick two. Sorry, pick two. All right. Number one. You know, I had in my head, but I didn't say it out loud that maybe one card would be for someone who is kind of at the beginning of this and one would be for someone who has kind of been in it. Um, and that's kind of how it's panning out. So the first one is the new moon in Pisces card, meditate and contemplate. Um, 
And really what I'm getting from this is just to, this, this could be for you if you are at the beginning of this, starting to make these realizations, starting to gain this awareness, notice these patterns. Um, like I said, there, you don't, there's no rush. You do not have to listen to this episode and be like, oh, uh, that shit is happening in my relationship too. I better go end it. Like just chill for a second. Like the card says, meditate and contemplate. Notice what's coming up. Take a few minutes a day to sit in silence, be with yourself. And I, you know, I'll admit I struggle with meditating. It's hard for me to sit still and be with my thoughts sometimes, but, um, set a timer for two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, and just sit and see what comes up for you. Um, what is wanting to be brought to your attention? Because if you are always go, 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 there is no time or space for any of that information to come through for you. So um, notice what's coming up. Intentionally take some time to sit and notice what's coming up. And you are in that space of gaining awareness and gaining information. And that just sit with that for a little bit. The second card, new moon in Capricorn, your hard work is paying off. Um, so like I said, this might be for you if you have, this is what you've been working on. Um, you have been working on healing this. You have been doing this work. This is just a validation and a confirmation that your hard work is paying off. And I know the card says it and you hear it, but do you know that? Like, are you taking time to really notice like, oh, wow, I would normally do X, Y, and Z. And I reacted in a totally different way without even realizing it. Um, you know, like really, really taking stock of how far you have come. <laughs> because sometimes, sometimes when you get into the thick of this journey, uh, into the thick of it, <laughs> um, you, it can be a little addicting, honestly, like you look for, you're like, all right, I figured this shit out. Let's figure out the next thing. Um, and if you're constantly trying to heal and figure things out and gain information, you, you don't have time to stop and notice like what's actually happening inside of you and around you, what is changing, what is happening for you. Um, so yeah, really take some time to look back six months ago, a year ago, five years ago. Who were you? How were you reacting to certain things? Were you like, were you in a relationship like this and like totally unaware of it? Just really deep in that anxiety of trying to, to keep it together and not, not lose that person. Um, yeah, your hard work is paying off. And you can, you can hear people tell you that all the time. You can hear it in this card. You can hear it in this episode. But um, you have to acknowledge that for you as well. And as, um, as hard as this has been to do, I will either, if I'm feeling good, I will do, I will look at myself in the mirror and do this. But sometimes I will just like kind of lay in bed give myself a little hug and do this. But, you know, on the days where I'm feeling really, um, 
really good. I will look in the mirror and just literally look myself in the eyes and be like, hey, you are doing such a good job. Like, maybe no one else is telling you, and that's fine, but you are doing such a good job. And I, and I will give myself specific examples because my logical brain likes examples, but, um, you know, just hype, be your own hype person, uh, and remind yourself just how well you are doing. Remind yourself of just how far you have come. So, yeah. Um, this has been episode 18. 18. And uh, like I said before, I think I will do another episode with the same tap- topic, just talking in the context of other types of relationships. Um, but look out for more episodes, primarily with me. Um, if you have any topics or anything that you want to talk about, if you have any questions, whatever feel free to email it is what it is at at gmail.com. You can find us. It is what it is at on Instagram. It is what it is on Facebook. I think it might be it is what it is podcast. Um, we are going to say something else and then I lost it. It's definitely time for me to like start winding down for bed. Anyway, um, I hope this was helpful. And I am looking forward to showing up and connecting with you all more regularly uh, and talking about all kinds of things. So, oh, and one more thing before I cease my rambling for this episode, I keep forgetting to shout out important people, Doug Halliday, who did the music for the podcast, Jess Walker, who did the cover art for the podcast. Their information can be found in the show notes. Uh, Hit them up for all of your music and art needs. Jess has just started doing some truly mind-blowing digital art. um, Drawing you, a spirit guide, you and or your spirit guide. Um, Just it, it, it's, don't even have the words to describe it. So check out the show notes for their information and um, yeah, thank you to all of you who did continue to listen. Shout out to Anne Adrian, who is probably our biggest fan and supporter, who is always providing likes and comments and feedback and to everyone else who continues to listen. Uh, I really appreciate you. Tina really appreciates you and I will see you next time. Bye.